21st Century, in association with Worldwide Distribution Services, a subsidiary of Intercontinental Video, presents a Remarkable Enterprises production. Yes, it's the Animal Enclosure. Yay! Oh, Harvick. Clark was able to shut him down, and then he fooled the ball. And kicked the goal and deserved it too. I did read someone say that if it's a loss by under 10 goals, does that count as a win? (laughs) Well, a win's a win. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I think the big thing from the Hawks game was getting 13% back on our percentage. Yeah. So from 67% to 80. 80's low, but for 67, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's heading down to North Melbourne territory. That is heading towards North Melbourne, who I will be cheering very loudly for on this weekend. Oh, yeah, um, they've got Collingwood, haven't they? They do. And I don't want the Saints to be the first game that they win this year. Yeah. So I'll be barracking hard for North this week. It'd be good to see Collingwood. Well, North would still be on the bottom because of their percentage, but... If they're on yes. equal points yes. and Collingwood don't do so well for a few weeks, North might sneak another win and get above them. And um, as someone wrote and said, if we finish at the bottom, we get out, you know, like, you know, a good pick in the draft, except they traded their first round draft choice to Greater Western Sydney. Oh, did they? Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Greater Western will be barricading for everyone who plays for Collingwood, hoping that they win. And, um, yeah, they'll, they'll pick up someone really early in the draft. Yeah. Uh, a mate said to me, it's because of, oh, is it Nick Dacos? Yeah. They're expecting him to go at number one, and they didn't want to have the first-round draft choice and use it for him. So they traded him out for someone this year so that they can use pick 80, pick 70 or something to make up the points to take the father-son selection. Right, okay. And, of course, um, they did that uh, that fire sale right at the end of the draft period last year. Yes. Where they dumped a whole heap of players unexpectedly. I was saying that to, to saying to Lynn that one of the young kids was the Joffa cheer squad guy. It was his nephew, so Collingwood through and through, and he's finally got the chance to play for Collingwood, and then they've sent him off to North. Yeah. And they didn't get anything for it. It was, well, if you'll take Stevenson off our hands, we'll throw in this player as well. Yeah, I remember that. I, I can't think of the, the kid's name, but they had big raps on him before that. They did, and, and I think they said it was because um, 
it was because oh, he was difficult to coach. That was why they traded him. Yeah, that's what they said about Chalor as well. <laughs> I'm thinking he's 17 or 18. Jeez, give him a chance. Yeah, N- nobody's difficult to coach at that age when they've just come onto the scene. Oh, well, you would be keen to please. You yeah. want me to do what? Yes, coach. How about this? Not a problem. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it was funny because I remember they said Trelaw was difficult to coach or something, but up until then they'd never mentioned anything about it. And no. And there'd never been any talk before about it. They extended his contract for five years and all this sort of stuff, and then all of a yes. sudden, he's difficult to coach, we've got to get rid of him today, because it's the last day of the trades, and, uh, we'll, we'll give uh, him the bulldog for nothing, basically. Yes, and, and, then, he, and he wouldn't be able to cope with his wife being up in Queensland, so he should look for a trade to one of the um, northern teams. Yeah, I, I don't get what was happening? It obviously was uh, they were over the salary cap and yes. they had to do something quickly. But I mean, they also were trying to get rid of that big uh, American guy, that Cox. Yes. They were trying to get rid of him, and I think there was someone else they had. Oh, there was Phillips, wasn't it? Went to Hawthorne. Phillips went to Hawthorne, yeah. but um, they signed Grundy for a seven-year, multi-million-dollar contract. Yeah. So that that's huge. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, and then uh, what's the other name? Uh, Dugui or something? Dugui, yeah, yes. Yeah, they signed him for a, a big contract too. Yes. So it's like we're putting all our money in a couple of players and to pay for it we're going to dump a whole heap. Yes. I was yep. looking at their side um, before the game on the weekend, and uh, it's funny how they're, they're nowhere near the side they were only a year or two ago. Oh, 2018 grand final. They were a yeah. kick away from winning. Yeah. And look at them now. Jeez. Yes. I thought it was only St Kilda that fell that fast. <laughs> no. no, I think they rivaled us. Yeah. Well, we we shall talk about the Port game very shortly. Well, right now. Yes. Um, But it won't be a long talk. But uh, there is um, shenanigans in the air that has to be pointed out because uh, not many people know about it. But before the game, the AFL wanted to trial a new system where it was... First game win, uh, sorry, first goal wins, and it was to it was for games when nobody really wanted to go and see them, you know, yes. like uh, North Melbourne versus Collingwood or you know stuff like that. So North they, or Fremantle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they decided we'll bring in the, the first goal wins, yes. and uh, and then they can just play out play on after that if they want to. And so, they can go home. yeah, they can go home if they want. And uh, so the AFL secretly made a deal with St Kilda and Port Adelaide. Yes. Uh, St Kilda kicked the first goal, so we won. 
Yes. And then uh, about 20 minutes into the last quarter, apparently the TV networks weren't very happy because they said people will turn off after the first goal. Yes. And said they weren't going to pay all that money for the rights if that was going to happen. So the AFL changed their minds. And by the time they told St Kilda, it was like 25 minutes into the last quarter and the game was already over. Oh, I like and your thinking. Now they're keeping it under wraps because it's uh, the, the press don't want to upset the AFL because no. they feed off the AFL, obviously. Yes. And the AFL are just saying it was a joke, didn't mean it, it was never going <laughs> to uh, happen. And... and uh, uh, it wasn't a bad first goal either, was it? Yeah, it was a beauty. It was uh, Higgins, wasn't it? Kicked a beauty. It was. Yeah. So technically we won, but we've been robbed of the yeah. points. Yeah. Oh, uh, then that'll work beautifully for my quiz question. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do the quiz question straight away? Sure, why not? Yeah. So um, we know we've got a listener who likes listening to the quizzes. Yeah. So, here we go. I'm a game of football, but which game? Okay. A subsequent rule change means a repeat of this sequel is now impossible. This game was played 24 years ago. 24 years ago. St Kilda were disappointed that the other team could bring in fresh players. Was this the the lights go out at VFL Park? It it's is. Essendon? Yes. Yay, I got it. Um, both teams had to return to Waverley to play two 12-minute halves. Yeah. It was described as being total anarchy, Lord of the Flies... Yeah. where um, supporters pulled out the goalposts and set fire to them in the middle of the ground. <laughs> my One of my cousins was one of the guys that did that too. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know until I spoke to him during the week and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we set fire to the goalpost. Yes. Oh, yeah, oh, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, I think Kevin Sheedy said that... Um, like someone was walking out with a goalpost and said, of course, it would have been a St Kilda supporter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Essendon wouldn't do those sorts of things. Exactly. But uh, yeah. unfortunately, it was but, St Kilda supporters. Um, Some of it, anyway. Jack heard, James Heard was injured and couldn't play the first match, but they brought him back for the second that's game. right. I remember that because I went to the game, um, not the extra bit because that was hardly worth going for that sort of time. But two twelve-minute halves, yes. Yeah. So I went to the first thing, and um, we were coming back. We were, we'd been quite a bit down, but suddenly the game had yeah. turned, and we were on a roll. And yes. it, it looked like it was only. 10 minutes away or so, and we'd be either equal or in front because we were playing all over them. Yes. And then the lights went flicker and then off. Yes. 
and all the players just stood around and thought, uh, what do we do now? And all the fans sat there and said, well, what do we do now? Yes. And uh, no announcements for a, a good 10 or 15 minutes. And I think the first announcement was, please do not go on the ground. By then, the, the players had all left the ground. Yes. And the ground was probably already swamped by people. And, but the first announcement was, you know, you, you'll be fine if you go on the ground. Well, it's a bit too late for that. Yes. And it was dark and we waited and waited because, you know, there wasn't any point in leaving because we are going to have to find our car in the dark. Which yes. Is, it was always hard to find your car at VFL Park in the, when the lights were on. It was, yes. So, um, yeah, we uh, we sat there for ages and uh, there were little spot fires breaking out all around on the on the ground where the old people were burning things. And then there yep. was a bigger spot fire where a goalpost was set on fire. Uh, yes. That's when we left because we figured... Yep. That, Lights aren't coming back on, and by now and the players would have cooled down, so they won't be coming back out. And they had no goalposts to aim at anyway, so... Exactly, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, unfortunately, not- when they did do the extra minutes the, a couple of days later, as you said, they brought Herd, and I think they brought another player back in as well. Yes. And, uh, of course, we had lost our run that we had... And yep. you know, that was it. So yes, uh, we were 20 points down when the lights went out. The two 12-minute halves that were played, we ended up losing by 22 points. Yeah. So, um, but once again, the AFL has, has has made rules when something has happened involving St Kilda. Oh yes. It's been a few times, hasn't it? There's the Siren Gate down at Tasmania. Yes. Uh, oh, my personal favourite is the 1913 Grand Final. Oh, yeah. Where we beat Fitzroy, so we were the premiers, but because they finished on top of the ladder, they got the right to play us again. Yeah. And, and this time we lost, so Fitzroy got the premiership. Yeah, really, it should have been it should have been a, a third game, you know, because that means it was one game each. But oh, no, they didn't oh, have that. I was then. just going with we played the grand final. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Uh, team won on the day. That's it. But no, no, we'll we'll have a have a rematch because they finished on top. Yeah. Yeah, that was a stupid yeah. rule. And correct me if I'm wrong, but was that the last year they had that? Mhm. Yeah, possibly. Yep, they stopped, stopped it after that. So, yes, there's been a few examples through the years where they've had rules in place and it's been to the detriment of St Kilda. And, yeah. and once it's been done, they've gone, well, we'll, we'll change that rule. Well, mm-hmm. look at the, the drawn grand final. Now they play extra yeah. time, which they brought in after we had the drawn grand final. And we were going gangbusters, and yeah. with extra time, we would have won the game. Exactly. And, of course, uh, playing the following weekend, uh, Collingwood jumped us and, and beat us. 
But uh, mm. you know, if, if the game had have just continued on, we were running all over them. Uh, we would have won, sure. But then after that, no more extra. Um, no more drawn grand replays. finals. Yeah, no, no more replays for grand finals. If you draw, now you play extra time. And if you have a conversation with Kildonian, he would point out that on the Sunday or the Monday, uh, about 16 of the Collingwood players tested all had extra testosterone in their systems, which comes from uh, blood doping, saving Uh. up the blood so that it's got all the oxygen in it and then injecting it into the body, which is what the bike riders used. Yeah. But it, it wasn't there for very long before it disappeared. Uh, and I think that being the we don't need this looked into too carefully. And and I would swear that Eddie Maguire had a dirt file on a whole stack of reporters and, and would have just said, look, if you go with this, this is going to come out. You you really need to pull your head in. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And because it was only St Kilda, it wasn't like Richmond or Essendon or one oh, of the big clubs. Geez. If it had been a big club and something like this had come out, if it had been Collingwood Carlton Grand Final, it yeah. would have been chased down to the ends of the earth. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing. Like the, the Siren Gate one, I mean, there was that night grand final that time where North Melbourne beat Collingwood um, yes. when they kicked the goal uh, after the siren. Uh, when the play continued, the umpire didn't hear the siren. Somebody took a mark and kicked the goal, and then the umpire yep. gave the, the OK. Uh, North still have that as a grand final win. I oh, know it's only yes. pre-season comp, but they, yep. it's still listed for them. Uh, yes. We did the same thing against. Is that against Hawthorne? Uh, Fremantle. Fremantle, that's right. Um, I couldn't hear the, the siren on the TV, but that siren was pretty weak anyway. But, uh, but we always got told as juniors, you play until the umpire blows the whistle, even if you hear yes. the bell, as we had it back then. Yep. And uh, so the, t- the games went on. The game went on, and uh, we got a point to put us in front. And then the AFL decided, no. No, we kicked a point to draw. Oh, we kicked a point to draw, that's right, yeah. Yes, and, um, uh, Baker had the shot. Yeah. So they got the but win. They got the win, yeah. yes. Because the commission met and decided, well, you know, it's not fair to Fremantle because... The umpire should have blown the whistle, but because he couldn't hear it, um, we were behind when the siren went. Instead of going, well, the game is played till the umpire hears the whistle. When he heard the whistle and blowed the end of the game, Baker had taken a mark. He got to have his kick. It's a draw. Exactly. So yes. I, I don't understand it all because, I mean, as we were saying, if it had been... Like oh, Collingwood yes. or Carlton that kicked the point, they would have just gone with the draw. Yes. And brought brought out the old, you've got to play till the umpire blows the whistle. 
Yes. But being a small yep. club, of course, it's uh, sorry, boys. We want Fremantle to have this. Or yes. Yep. So. Yes. Um, okay, let's jump ahead a bit to uh, yep. this week because there's much more exciting talk about the win than uh, other things. Um. <laughs> Uh, Lynn's just asking whether you get a little platter. Like, I've just been brought over a glass of water with some cashews, some uh, jelly beans, and a few macadamias to chew while I'm, I'm discussing the football with you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been robbed. <laughs> That's not fair. Back away. <laughs> Was that in the background? <laughs> uh, I missed that. I've, I've got a jug of water. <laughs> well, doing well. <laughs> and, and some pain-killing tablets if I need them. Well, that, that's always good. Yes. <laughs> um, I I didn't watch the game. I checked the scores. Thomas went to the game and he he texted me and said, "Wasn't a bad first quarter." And when I ch- checked the score and saw that they'd scored nothing. Yeah, I thought, yeah, that, that St Kilda's come to play. Yeah, well, put it this way, we kicked five four, I think, in the first quarter. They didn't score, and they didn't even look like they were going to score. It was, mm. uh, I don't know how many times they got it in, into their forward fifty, but uh, that's a bit misleading anyway, because I think most of those times it would just cross the fifty line before it was rebounded back out. So that, that looked like it was going to be a complete massacre at that stage because uh, we were doing what we liked. And 5-4, it could have easily been on another on another day, 8-1 or 9 straight yep. because yep. Uh, there were some pretty easy shots that were missed. Yes. Um, but I thought we've come to play. This is more like it. Admittedly, it's... Only Hawthorne, no disrespect to them, but they're not in the same class as Port or Richmond or no. uh, any of you know, those sorts of clubs. But uh, one, two games where they've come back from five goals or more behind, so um, they, they know how to steal a win. Yeah, and of course they kept mentioning that on the TV, uh, Jason Dunstall yes. especially kept mentioning... Yes. Uh, some of the young players and kept talking about how they've found young forwards and I noticed in the stats after the game that one of the young forwards that he claimed they'd found had one kick and kicked a point but he's, yep. he's a, a star in the making apparently I don't know why I think maybe five years from now yeah and I think it was Joyce that played on him it was either Joyce or Battle it was a bit hard to tell at times but uh, I'm yep. going to give it to Joyce because uh, it looked like him when the ball went down there and he, he did play really well. Uh, mind you, the yep. ball didn't get down there that often, especially in the first quarter. <laughs> no. And no. I, look, I know what that's like. I played in uh, under-15 <laughs> team where we didn't win a game all year. And yes. we had a coach who would not make moves, uh, just like Richo. And I was in the forward pocket, and Uh I was in the forward pocket all year. And 
I got very cold and very wet from standing around talking to my opponent. Yes, the ball just bounced in the middle straight down to their uh, yeah. forward line. Yeah. Uh, yes. And a lot of games we had uh, the other side would actually swap their forward line and their back line at half time just to give yep. the, the kids something to do. And I, and I would have thought, as the coach, he could have done that and said, just stay where you are on the ground. So yeah. you went from forward pocket to back pocket. Yeah, and he, you know, he didn't didn't even think about, oh, well, we're getting massacred yet again. Let's swap positions. No, everyone stayed the same yeah. position all year. And there were even games where we played one short, and, of course, that meant one forward pocket short. So... <laughs> yeah. Me, who was only a little kid at the time, I yep. was actually, in fact, the following year I played in under 14s, so, you know, so that was I was filling in. Um, but uh, yeah, I was in the forward pocket, usually against two players who were bigger than me. So the few times the ball came up that way, I didn't do too much. <laughs> Couldn't get near it. No. But well, anyway, yeah. um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. the first quarter, it was all St Kilda. It was lovely to watch. Um, second quarter, they kicked a couple of goals. We still kicked more. Uh, I thought, the start of the second quarter, I thought, because the uh, Dunstall especially had mentioned it so many times that Hawthorne had come back, I thought this will be a bit of a test for us because, uh, yes. you know, sometimes a side can kick a goal and get on a run and, and stuff. Well, they kicked the first goal, I think, in the second quarter. Yes. And I thought, oh, well, you know, we better tighten up. And then we kicked a goal and then they kicked a goal and then we kicked, I think we kicked five and they kicked three or four or something four. like that. Yeah, yeah, five goals, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and the manner of the goals, we got our goals pretty damn easily, and uh, theirs were basically marks that uh, a couple were a bit lucky to take and stuff like that. We we yes. still look like we we're dominating the field play. I did like Hunter Clark's smother. Then, like a basketball gather, um, <clears throat> fake to hand pass to player to his left, which yep. bamboozled the player, yep. and then ran on and kicked the goal with his right, and just thought that is just magnificent football. One of the best things, because I <coughs> watched it on the replay, and I watched it a few times actually because it was so good to watch, was he was yes. being. Not only did he have a Hawthorne player ahead of him that he was going to uh, sell the candy to and pretend to handball to someone else, uh, yes. there was a Hawthorne player that was chasing him who saw he was about to handball and slowed down because he thought, my job <laughs> uh, is done. I don't know whether he yeah. would have caught him anyway, but he wasn't far behind him, but you could just see he thought, He's handballing, oh, I can stop running now. Yep. And then before you knew it, Clark had sidestepped the Hawthorne guy that was in front of him who had 
he sold the dummy to and yep. ran straight in and kicked the goal. And the guy that was chasing still hadn't woken up to it, was sort of just, uh, what do you call it, watching. Yes. It was like, um, oh, damn. <laughs> but that was not my play of the day. No, it As wasn't good. mine. I, look, I've got, I've got a selection of that five or six, <laughs> but I'll go with one. What's we, your best play of the day? Shall we do it now? Yeah, why not? All right. All right. Okay. I'll go through all the candidates and then I'll give yeah. you my play of the day. Uh, yes. First of all was um, Howard, who has, uh, as was seen in a previous game, perfected the art of fumbling the ball over the boundary line. He's uh, good at that. If you, uh, if, For our overseas listeners who might not know, if you knock the ball over the boundary line or run with it over the boundary line deliberately, it's a free kick against you. So he has this way of, uh, let's just say, he makes it look like it's raining and the ball is a, a bar of soap. Yes, he just it does. Suddenly, it just slips through his fingers. Suddenly, he just can't get a grab on the ball, and it just yeah, no. it just rolls away from him, and then he just sort of jogs off as as he does. Uh, or his feet get tangled. Yes, <laughs> he, he does it so well, and I mean, I know like that one. I know the umpire must have thought he did that deli- deliberately. <laughs> But there was uh, no possible yes. way he could pay a free kick against him because no. there is that chance that he was just clumsy and couldn't get the ball. But, uh, he didn't take possession. Exactly. He didn't take possession. The ball was in front. He was being chased. He was running after it and it was bouncing awkwardly, all that sort of stuff. But he just managed to knock it certain ways so it went over the banjo line. And then there was a ball in, so that, that was very good. Uh, yes. Another player of the day was um, Brad Hill, who uh, was, I think he was on the halfback flank at the time. The ball was kicked down to him and his opponent. He, a pack formed around them. He grabbed the ball, kicked it along the ground about 20, 30 metres away. It came back via some other players. Uh, a long handball to a Hawthorne player who was near the banjo line, and uh, Hill must have been a good five or six metres away from him, and with no, no right to being able to do it, managed to run and dive full on to smother the kick. Yes. And when I looked at the replay and saw how far he was away when the Hawthorne player got the ball, spun around and went to kick it, I thought most players would have put in a half-hearted jog towards the player because it it just looked, he was too far, too far away. But he just yes. put on a big burst as fast as he could, dive, and he could have easily got a boot to the, the face or something because he just dived at the ball. Um, lucky he didn't get injured, but he smothered the ball and it went out of bounds, and so that was an excellent bit of play. Yes, so uh, it was. So I'm, I'm counting down. We're getting there. 
mm-hmm. another bit of play, not so good. I think it was the, let's see, one, two, I think it was the third quarter on the outer wing, and it was between, it was like kick to kick Hawthorne and St Kilda players, just kept kicking yes. it to the opposition player um, <laughs> for about probably a good two or three minutes. It either went straight to an opposition player or went out on the full. And it was probably the worst two or three minutes of football you're probably ever <laughs> likely to see. Um, yes. It was kind of funny because the, the first kick by a Hawthorne player uh, was being praised by the commentators because it looked a good kick off the boot, but it hit yes. St Kilda player on the chest who then bombed it and it hit a Hawthorne player on the chest who then kicked yeah. it out on, on the full, who then a uh, St Kilda player kicked it back in and uh, it was marked by a Hawthorne player and that went on for about two minutes and it was pretty funny to watch. Wouldn't have been funny yeah. for a coach, of course. No, no, no. And I bet the, the oh. supporters on that side of the ground probably didn't think it was that funny either. But well, they anyway. got to see a lot of the play. Yeah. Uh now, of course, Hunter Clark's two goals that he kicked, uh, the yes. one you mentioned, and then the, the last goal that he uh, uh, got the ball, ran from his opponent, handballed to King, ran outside the boundary line, got the ball handballed back to him, and he kept it inside the boundary line and came back inside the boundary line, and then snapped the goal from, I think, on his left foot, if I remember correctly, uh, as he was getting bumbled over. Uh, probably He probably had two goal-of-the-day efforts there, that one and the yeah. early one. So I didn't see who won goal-of-the-day for the day, but I, I, it has to be one of his, I'd say. Oh, I don't know. I looked at um, the AFL have, like... Well, 10 plays of the day kind oh. of thing and he was about fourth oh so that'd be right yeah a few, few others before so yeah. yeah oh well that's no surprise um i think two uh, more two more i've got yeah uh, one which i've mentioned very very early on in the season was uh, uh mason wood sitting yes. on the bench for the entire game. Um, yes. It's uh, not such a big deal anymore because it's, better explain this, it's a, a new thing they've brought in where a side has a, a medical sub. So if you have a player that gets uh, injured and can't come back on, then you've got a medical sub who can come on instead. Uh, don't know why we need it, considering you've already got four on the interchange. But anyway, I don't know. It um, seems a waste to me. Getting your match fee just to sit and watch the game at ground level is probably not bad. Does it, does that class as a game to him? Hmm. I don't know. Because that would be uh, that'd be his uh, first or second game. I'm not sure now. I can't remember might make a difference when we get to 100 games. Yeah. 
I, I think it might class as a game, you know, because I'm pretty sure I heard, unless it's a game only if you get to go on the ground, like if someone gets injured. Then as a coach, shouldn't you have someone go down with five minutes to play just so that they can get on and get a game? Yeah, well, that's a good point. It would have worked well with Matt McGuire or Lenny Hayes. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, uh, Dylan Roberton, for example, was another one. Dylan Roberton, yes. Yeah. Um, mm, I might have to investigate that more and try to find out for next week's podcast. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, uh, I have a feeling that it might be classed as a game even if you don't get on. But that's just okay. a feeling. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Um, if anyone from the AFL can uh, tell us. <laughs> just they, calling. Obviously, they listen to our podcast. Well, they should. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that comes down to my play of the day. And yeah. this was an absolute beauty. Uh, Orphan player handballed the ball wildly up in the air. Um, Higgins tapped it down to a St Kilda player and then ran past and got the handball back off him. He was in the, or just just to the side of the centre circle, was storming downfield. Ahead of him, he had two loose St Kilda players. I'm not sure who they were, but there was two, I think one was Butler actually, I'm not sure who the other one was who were streaming downfield all by themselves. And the only Hawthorne player was the fullback, who was on Max King. Uh, yes. So uh, Higgins could have, by right, bounced the ball all the way to within goal range, handballed over the top if the guy came at him and given it to Max. Or he yep. could have short passed it off to either of the other two St Kilda players who would have run into an open goal. But no, he just bombed it long and hoped that Max took the mark. Yes. And thankfully, Max took the mark, and if he hadn't mm-hmm. have, uh, Higgins would have looked very, very embarrassed because he blew a perfect opportunity to share the ball around. In fairness to him, he didn't probably take the bounces because he might not have known how far away anybody was away from him yes but on the screen we could see that there was no Hawthorne players in Cooey of him but he couldn't have known that unless somebody yelled out but anyway um, yeah to take the just take the long bomb down to Max rather than kick it to passing it, passing it off to players who are free um yeah, he was lucky that Max took the mark and then kicked the goal. So yeah. I, I still think that when they do the review of the game, that will be shown and uh, words will be said like, lower your eyes and and look. Yes. So that was my play of the day. It took a long time, but we got there. <laughs> well, my play of the day also includes... Uh, Jack Higgins, but it was after he kicked the goal, and Jason Dunstall put up on the screen the picture of him being held by his dad in the crowd with a big chocolate bar in his mouth. 
Oh, yes, I saw that. And he would have been, yes. what, about five or six or something, apparently. Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, that was my play of the day, Jake Higgins, um, in the Saints colours and with a big chocolate bar in his mouth, celebrating a goal. And, um, yeah, so now he's living his dream because I'm pretty sure he would have been, I want to play for St Kilda when I get older. Yeah. And um, he kicked four goals. Yes, he played well too. And yes. uh, as uh, I think Jason Dunstall said, he could have easily had that uh, six or seven or, or even eight goals because the amount of times that he had made himself available in perfect positions and was ignored for whatever reason, um, yes. the ball could have easily been handballed out or something. I'm not saying that the players made mistakes. Maybe they didn't see him. Sometimes they kick goals themselves, all that sort of stuff. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, on another day, he could have ended up with seven or eight quite easily. Um, there was one that Butler took a shot for goal and tried to dribble it through from about 20 metres out. And he had two St Kilda players open um, and the Hawthorne player was able to punch it through from behind. Yeah. So he kicks it in the air, Hawthorne guy doesn't get it, or, like you said, lower the eyes and goes, oh, oh. Either of you, here's the football. Exactly, yeah. Um, so we're, uh, we're still making mistakes. Yeah. But it's it's a big step from what we've watched the last couple of weeks. Yeah. There was, a, uh, there was another one that I almost put in my plays of the day because I thought it was hilarious. But it was, yes. uh, it was Hawthorne players, so that's why I didn't actually put it in play of the day. Uh, yes. We had the there was I think a centre bounce or something. We've broken out of the middle and the long kick's gone forward, and down there we had Max King, we had uh, Rowan Marshall and Tim Membry. Uh, Max King was being held by the jumper and couldn't get anywhere near it. Uh, yeah. Marshall was being held like arms all around him and couldn't move. Yes. Couldn't yeah. get anywhere near it. Unfortunately for Hawthorne, the guy that was on Tim Membry was about a metre behind him. So yes. Membry just jogged up, took an uncontested mark about 20 metres out directly in front. And I think if they hadn't have held those two other St Kilda players, it would have been a pack and probably would have, unless somebody took a great mark, it probably would have just come to ground. But Yes. Uh, I, I, I would have liked to have known if the umpire would have paid a free kick because sometimes they don't. Yes. But, uh, even um, I think Dunstall said there was two free kicks that would have been paid if memory hadn't taken the mark. So. Yes. No, I, I remember that where they said that you know, both of the Saints players were being held and memory took the mark and kicked the goal. So yeah. it, it could have been. Yes. Um, yeah. No. It. It. it uh, things worked. It was good to see Paddy Ryder back. He makes such a difference oh, in yeah. the middle. Yeah. Um. He, like you know, c- compare. I don't know his statistics, but just competing in the middle, 
and our players getting first use of the ball. Um, Marshall being able to drop into the forward line as another marking target. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we just hope that they can keep going. Yeah, as somebody mentioned, um, it meant that that Membry suddenly had the third defender playing on him yeah. rather than the, the first or second. Yes. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, obviously they had to put their biggest guy on Max King. And then when Marshall was down there, um, I'm not sure if Ryder went down there at all. I think he went might have gone for a rest on the bench considering it's his first senior game. I think so, yes. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it is, it's a completely different looking side when we have both Marshall and Ryder playing. And the perfect example was Ryder was uh, nullifying McEnvoy and winning taps as well. Yes. And uh, he goes off for rest and Marshall comes into the ruck and does exactly the same. So um, it's not like we suddenly have a, a second ruckman who can't get a tap and gets dominated and stuff like that. So, uh, Which we did with Josh Bruce and um, yeah. uh, Carlisle this year. <laughs> yes. So, and, of course, uh, Marshall marking around the ground as per usual. Um, he's a target up forward when he plays. As I said on TV, he was a, he was a forward before he came in the AFL, and we made him into a ruckman forward. So yes. um, yeah, it makes a huge difference having both of them playing. Um, we probably need to fix up Max King's goal kicking. Yeah. Two uh, goals for. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, oh look, I remember when they showed. Um, uh, under 18s, I think there was one game that they showed a lot of highlights of, you know, before the before he was drafted. And I think he kicked eight goals eight in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes. his kicking has always been a bit dodgy, but uh, I'm sure they've got people working on it. Uh, yeah, fingers but crossed. To me, it looked, he was he like he wasn't kicking through the ball. It was more like I'll oh, just just try and steer this through. Yeah, and a perfect example of that was when Butler had an easy shot from goal from directly in front and missed, and, and he's sort of a guy that usually kills those sorts of shots, and yep. it was a case of took it easy, just thought he'd do the, the half-pace kick, which seems to be a disaster whenever anyone tries it. Yeah, it doesn't work well. So um, with Higgins with four and Butler with three, you'd think it would be hard for Loney to get back into the team? Yeah, I was thinking about this after the game, actually, and I, I'm pretty certain from here on till the end of the year, uh, the only way he's going to get back is if either Higgins or Butler gets injured. Yes. So who do we bring into the team... To replace Loney. Ah, hmm. Would it have been Burns? Yeah, Burns came in. 
had a good game too. He did. Did some good stuff. He did a fantastic kick to find Higgins when he is, uh, uh, must have been round about the wing, looked up. Most players would have just kicked it down the line, but he looked mm-hmm. up and he saw Higgins on his own at centre-half forward, did a beautiful long kick, not a real high bomb, but you know, a good, good kick to hit Higgins on the chest. And Higgins kicked a goal out of it. Um, then, then that's that's been a good move, especially getting some games into him. And I'm pretty sure Bytel had a good game as well. Yeah, he had a good game. Uh, he looks the real deal. I think I think he'll play most games this year. I think they might give him a rest every now and again because uh, he's young and he did have a a bad back problem for. His first year. Yes. Um, not sure what they're going to do with uh, with guys like Long. Um, I suppose if Webster gets injured again, then they might bring him in. But the way Webster and Sinclair have been playing in the back line, yes, uh, it's hard to see anyone from. Um, the two's getting a game ahead of them. I think Sinclair would be up in the top five for the best and fairest. Yeah, he's, definitely. He's had a had a good year so yep. far. Yeah, um, he's a born again player, as you like to say. It's uh, he for a long time he was is classed as either just a wing or a half forward flanker. I think under yep. Richo, I think he played. Half forward flank, about, that's about all he ever played. And would have like 10 kicks and kick a goal or something, and that was about it. And then occasionally he'd play on the wing and and he'd have 20 to 30 kicks and look good, and then the following week he'd be back on the half forward flank again. Um, but I look, I never saw him has been a half-back flanker, but good on Rats and the selection committee for trying it because he has been great guns, been one of our best players all year. So mm-hmm. that um, the practice match against North, that's like he, he looked like that was a position for him. Mm. And it's surprising because he before this, I, I never thought he was much of a, a defensive player. Mm. And it just shows you how wrong you can be because um, he hasn't had many goals kicked on him, even in the, uh, the the bad losses we've had. You know, it's been a few goals here and there, but not no one's taken him to apart. So no. it's been good. Um, what they're going to do when uh, Geary and Hanabry, if they ever get fit? Um, don't know. Maybe Burns will will go out for Hanabry if Hanabry is fit. I've no idea what they'll do with Geary. He's the, the captain. I'd imagine if once he got fit and match fit, they'd want to play him. Um, not sure where they're going to play him. No, I don't know either. Um... Uh, the advantage of having Steele as the co-captain is you've got a captain that's playing. Yeah. 
Whereas if Geary was the sole captain and he was not injured, he would have to be given a game. Yeah. Maybe that put him on the bench. But uh, uh, the way the defence is playing, even without Patton down there, um, mm-hmm. they've been playing well. And Joyce played well. Um, probably his best game, I'd say, in the seniors. Yes. Um uh, it will be interesting to see. Um, yeah, we we said at the beginning of the year we've got players we get injured we can cover them, but that got found out pretty quickly, didn't it? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we we had injuries to key players, and well, especially with two ruckmen out. Um, yes. That certainly didn't help. And then uh, Crouch couldn't play the first two games, I think it was, wasn't it? No, the first two games. Yeah. Zach Jones was injured. Um, yeah. Hanbury obviously injured. Yes, Webster got injured. Um, Highmore played and got dropped. Long got played and got dropped. So, yeah. I mean, it's anyway. Good position to be in when you've got guys playing well in the twos and can't get a game in the seniors, because that means your seniors are playing well. Yes. Uh, I I think that Luke Dunstan will struggle to get a game this year. Yes. Judging by the game he played uh, a few weeks ago, Yes. he appears the game has passed him by a bit. Well, um, Burns and Bytel can kick, which is a bonus, like as in kick to a player, and uh, the hand passing also. Um, Dunstan gives his heart and soul for the club, but I wouldn't back him to find a target 30, 40 metres away. Yeah, exactly, and not only that, both Burns and Bytel are much quicker on their feet than what Dunstan is. Dunstan's yes. really a an old-fashioned type uh, worker. In and under on a wet Moorabbin track. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a shame. He's always been a favourite of mine, Dunstan. Um, uh, let's not write him off because I wrote off uh, both um, uh, Sinclair and... Uh, Joyce and who else? There's yep. another player that I wrote off. Oh, Webster. Uh, yes. In, in the last year, I wrote all three off and said they should be traded or, or delisted. And boy, do I look stupid right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, considering where they are with their games, I think that was a good call. Yeah. They just... Managed to to grasp with both hands and and gone. Yeah, we can do this. Yeah, and uh, it was good. Oh, it was good to see uh, Caulfield kick a goal. Only his second. Yeah. Um, yes. But uh, it was good. Uh, it was obviously a bad kick by the Hawthorne player. Don't know what he was thinking. He kicked to a two on two situation. But yeah. What, 40 metres out, almost directly in front. Uh, 
very risky kick. And uh, the other Hawthorne player slipped over, and so Caulfield took an uncontested mark. So, uh, and kicked the goal. Kicked the goal, and uh, Sinclair also snapped a goal as well um, with some great team play of quick handballs. Um, as I said on the commentary, that it was all instinct handballs, uh, no waiting and, and trying to do things yourself. It was just quick handballs, bang, 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 and then end up with Sinclair who ran sort of towards the pocket and snapped it over his shoulder and it went through. And I think uh, he was a very happy boy when that happened. Yes, it was a nice goal. And um, there's someone else missing, isn't there, in the, thing, in the seniors? I'm just trying to remember the... Oh, Patton, of course. He'll come back into the side next season, so at least this season we don't have to worry about him. We hope. Um, I think of uh, Nathan Brown who broke his leg mm. and he didn't quite come back quite as the player he was. Yeah, he was, he was never the player he was after that, was he? No. Mm. Might be different as a defender instead of a forward line player. Don't know. Yeah. Although I, I remember the, the brown one was uh, particularly nasty. Yes. Uh, was it one of the bones sticking out or something? Or something oh, horrible? yeah. You saw it on the TV and then the replay and it was like, oh, yeah. that's not good. And they showed about 15 replays, of course, at the time. Of course, uh, yes. From all different angles and you think one replay's enough, don't need to show it again. <laughs> no. Um, and they do that. Though. There's, uh, uh, there's another game that I was watching early in the year. I can't remember. It might have been Brisbane or, or somebody. I, I just put it on for to see what the score was. And uh, a guy sort of had a, somebody fall on his ankle and twisted like his ankle went sort of sideways. And as it turned out, it wasn't too serious, but it looked awful. But yes. they, they kept showing replays of it. And it was like it was sick, sickling to, to watch. And they kept showing it from another angle and then another angle. And I'm thinking, we don't need to see it. We know he hurt no. his ankle. You know, he's gone off the ground. He's not coming back on today. Hopefully it's not too badly damaged. And as it turned out, it wasn't. I think he only missed like two weeks or something. No idea but who it was. You, but uh, You wouldn't want the... Uh, family watching that going oh good grief what's what's happened yeah exactly yeah. Oh, I don't know why they do it but oh well what can you do yes well Peter I think I've I've hit the fourth quarter yeah that's I'm, okay I'm, I'm about to hit the interchange bench <laughs> um uh, yeah go Saints go Saints um, and we've got Gold Coast next week. Which, as we know, the score will be under six points. Exactly. And uh, yeah. let's hope we continue our winning run against them. That would be nice. Yeah. I, I'll text you in a little bit. I've got a music question for you. Okay. No worries. All right. Go All right. Saints. Go Saints. Thanks, Peter. Bye. Clark's timing was superb. He got the handball to King, he had to sort it out on real aim. Clark will kick the goal. 
and we're going to finish with a song that we've had in the past few podcasts. It's a Gaelic song, and it's all about the island of St Kilda. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is redwhiteblacksainter at gmail.com, redwhiteblacksainter, all one word. And, uh, yeah, let us know how you're feeling about how the saints are going. Oh, the meek of good support. 